You're listening to the Variety Sports Network, your home for the best sports podcasters and live shows. We are live here joining you right after the Super Bowl here to react right after a crazy end of the game. People were saying at times it's just one of the maybe where did this rank in all time rankings that we had kind of a indeed at the end there, but it is what it is. Uh, I got two guys with me that have been joining me all year. Brian Johnson from the TMB podcast, of course, Jimmy Pilato from the far end of the bench here. Guys with you on the season finale, Jimmy, I would say, of season one here, of talking the gridiron here. We've made it all the way to the finale here of the Super Bowl. We get a 38-35 win by the Kansas City Chiefs. Jimmy, your initial thoughts, sir, on the game. I mean, what are we even doing here? Why do we, why even play the games if we already know the goddamn outcome? We knew this was coming. The people, like, yes. The Bengals did not play today. I told everybody that came to my Super Bowl party. I bought the dress before I got the ring. I, I had the dress ready before the wedding, so this was going to be my outfit regardless. But, oh, my goodness, that sucked. These officials, whew, that, is, that was awful. I mean, good game. I mean, at least they made it entertaining is, is all I'm going to say. But Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City, I don't think this solidifies any kind of – they asked him the question. This does not solidify any kind of dynasty. You are very lucky that the NFL really likes saying that they have a new goat coming up waiting in the wings. Because other than that, that would have been, I mean, the Eagles had, the Eagles fucked themselves. That, that, that can be talked about as well. But the Chiefs were given every opportunity. They were given an extra play again today. They yes. have two extra plays on the way to a Super Bowl championship. I don't know how that's fair. Brian, your initial thoughts on the game? I'm sure you feel similar in some ways to Jimmy there. I'm a little bit happy. I can tell the Phillies fan, Phillies fans, to suck it and all that trash talking all week. And you didn't get the job done, and the Chiefs won. But it just really shows the whole game that I saw it that this is what the NFL wanted this year because it was just a, there wasn't as many like there was a play where Devontae Adams kind of got pushed out of balance. And I felt like wasn't that the the penalty they threw when. Greenlaw did that to Jalen Hurts in the NFC Championship game. It just shows the refs are just – they wanted this game from and well, since and then. That, and, and that's the thing is I always feel like, you know, I, you know the refs are part of the deal here. That has been It's always part of it. It kind of like put a little like sour taste at the end of that game there. With that said, I feel like there were a lot of big plays in this game. You know, the Eagles get out to that, you know, like we say, a hot start. They start out the drive. They get up. 7 nothing, boom, bada-bang, Chiefs answer right there. And then we get that wild play with Hurts where he fumbles, gives the Chiefs life. The Chiefs set up the Chiefs offsides again. My gosh. It's like the one thing they don't do right is, like, know how to line up on sides with a, you know, on a football field. I don't mean, Jimmy, there was, like I said, like the officials were part of the game, but there were so many big plays, the A.J. Brown play, the Smith play. What do you think was, like, maybe one of the turning point plays, like, you know, just kind of stood out in your head or like maybe a couple of them there? Uh, in this game, 
it, it's unfortunate, but I don't think of a play that was like uh, physical. Oh my goodness, how did that happen? Yeah. It was that holding call that they called on on Philadelphia, giving the Chiefs the new set of downs. I get that there's going to be some some level of contact, and that every play is going to have something that you can say, "Oh, this this was definitely you know a penalty." Yeah, that that doesn't necessarily normally happen, but I mean, you got the guy who's calling the Super Bowl who is until Tom Brady takes his contract at Fox, the number one voice of your sport for an entire broadcasting company, an entire broadcasting channel saying that was why, why is this going to affect the outcome of this game? This has been such a great game up until this point. That was a, a, an awesome blitz. The Eagles finally got pressure on Patrick Mahomes in the second half. Why are we giving the chiefs a bulligan and sure there was contact. Sure. If that was a week three game, that should be called a holding penalty, but that is not the game. That, that shouldn't be the play that decides the Super Bowl, and that is what decided the Super Bowl because at that point, the Chiefs had the ability to kneel. They had the ability to uh, just take the field goal and, and knew that they were going to be able to run off of a, an, enough clock, at least make the Chiefs make the choice. They basically – that was as gift-wrapped as you can get an end-of-the-game call and – it's it, I've been hearing it all like my entire Super Bowl party. We did have like my girlfriend included. So apparently she's a Vikings and a Chiefs fan. I, I don't know how that works out all that well. But my dad was like adamant. He was wearing his Chris Long Eagles jersey. It, it, that's as gift wrap as you can get an end of a game situation because you don't even have to do anything. You took two knee kneel downs and then a 26 yard field goal. I mean, yeah. No, yeah. no, you're like on my top of the hit list for next season's NFL. <laughs> the Chiefs definitely are there. Me and my dad, obviously, Raider fans were shaking their head watching the game. Like, how do they do it? How do they pull this off with that? Who are they paying? Because I'm sure that the Raiders fans, Nico, the Broncos fans, oh, I'll yeah. start a fu- I'll start a GoFundMe to start paying these official accounts or whoever we have to. Start you think paying. it's just to give the benefit, I mean, benefit of the doubt to him because he's the best player? Is that what it is, you think? You think the refs just instinctually have this? Did he look like the best player tonight? No. I don't know. I'm just wondering. I'm just trying to no. get ahead of an official. I don't know what they just – like. I don't get it. You know what I mean? I'm with you. I'm just trying to understand it. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe they gave us the hint. Did you see that commercial before the game even started? Kansas City. There's two of them. That's yeah. like, in my according to my calculations, double the marketing. We got Riley here. Got checking in. Red change of baby. Yeah, no, Raleigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very. Go. She got to rub it in my dad's face. Very so. good. Sorry if I pronounced that name, your name wrong there. Um, yeah, I, uh, Brian, you got it. You know, obviously that was a big play there. Any maybe other plays earlier in the game that maybe stood out to you? I think there's a different Chiefs team came out in the second half and they came out motivated. They ran the ball with Pacheco more in the second half and they just. Yeah, he was good. They, they, that, that, that that drive when they came out of the second half uh, changed the tempo of that game when they scored a touchdown. I love the way he runs, too, like with his legs kind of looking like they're going everywhere. Like it just looks like he's running extra hard. You know he is, though. Like he took a good hit and got it. And that guy, like when he could take the hit, that guy was like, yeah, let's go. And he, to his credit, he stood in the game and had a couple big plays later in the drive. So to me – I don't know if I was a Chiefs player, that would kind of fire me up. And Jimmy, I thought that was a big difference in the second half a little bit was the Chiefs came out obviously because Mahomes did get hurt towards the end of the half and they were able to establish a little ground game there against the Eagles. I thought that was a big part of the game. Um, What do you think of that? 
No, that is, I mean, that, that's a big part of the game, but I think that's a big part of the game. And, and you can look back to the last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl as well, because they're going up against the hot shot young coach who hadn't been in that situation before. And we didn't know how he was going to handle the Super Bowl. And it turned out at halftime, he basically told his guys, hey, <clears throat> we've built up enough of a lead. Uh, that I This is all I can assume. Obviously, we were not in the locker room, but it was, it's the same conversation that I was having after the Chiefs beat the 49ers and, and talking about Kyle Shanahan in that game. Like you, you apparently went into halftime and said, okay, let's just play this thing. We built up a 14 point lead or a 10 point lead. Let's just not lose. Let's play this game, not to lose. Let's go away from everything that's worked before, like our running game with our quarterback, uh, being able to establish the line of scrimmage. Let's go away from all of that. Stop yeah. doing everything that works and let's go and try and play not to lose. And when that happens, I mean, it's, it's tough. I have to tell, we did qualify three of our wrestlers at the regional tournament, by the way, to the state, to the Colorado state championships. But it's, it's what I tell those guys. Like yeah. you have to wrestle to win. If you wrestle to lose, you will find yourselves in situations to lose these ball games. Let's go to the Eagles. Yeah, that, that's that's always been my issue with Shanahan is <laughs> that's my doubts about him is that he, I don't know. Like I found out after they lost that Super Bowl, they they partied like they won it, and they always seem to think that they get to the game and then that's good enough. And I just I, I want to see more killer instinct out of Kyle Shanahan and the Niners in the future. Well, let's stay on the Eagle side of it. Let's go to the team there. Let's go to their point of it with the turning point of the game, Jimmy and Brian. I thought Brian that the Eagles, you know, obviously they got off to a good start, like we said. I think from their point of view, like to me, that that Brown play was spectacular. That was awesome. That was just an awesome play by a wide receiver in the air there. I just thought that was, you know, just as good as it gets there. But then the big play was Hurts. He just fumbles it. He pulls a Josh Johnson. If you want to go Niners there, he just fumbles it, gifts the Chiefs <laughs> seven points. I mean, they didn't, you know, they earned nothing. They had to do nothing to get seven free points. And at the end of a game like this, I mean. Yeah, they got, you know, the Chiefs are already going to get breaks, and then you give them seven points like that. Brian, I just think that was a huge play right there. Yeah, I mean, it was just a real boneheaded play by Hertz, and I, I just don't know what he was thinking there. And you he, cannot give a team seven free points, especially in the Super Bowl. No, no. I feel, I it kind of reminds me of Neil O'Donnell when he kept throwing the, that that <laughs> cornerback from the, from the Cowboys. It was just like yeah. – that was the receiver from the Steelers. Yeah, no, for sure. Jimmy, what do you think about the Eagles side of that? Let's go to them for a minute here. Maybe not play, but maybe another part of the Eagles too. I just don't – I mean, that was – you outcoached yourself. You you yeah. tried to put yourself in a good situation. You, you tried to say this is what they're expecting. It's similar to what Andy Reid did two years ago uh, against Tampa Bay. Like you just didn't adjust when you needed to adjust and you got out coached in the second half. And yeah, the chiefs are a good enough roster. Like as uh, <clears throat> that seeing Travis Kelsey being able to celebrate that way and be like, you y'all said that nobody, nobody picked the chiefs to win this year. I'm pretty sure everybody was still saying like the, the AFC West going into this season was considered the class of the NFL. So everybody still considered, the, the team coming out of the AFC was going to come from there. So I don't know how he can really say that, but the Eagles, they're going to look back at this game and go, there were so many opportunities. I, I feel the same way. Uh, this is similar sentiment to what I was saying a few weeks ago on, on the far end of the bench YouTube channel was just like, yeah. the Bengals are going to look at that at AFC championship game the same way that the Eagles are going to look at the Super Bowl game and be like, yeah, the referees screwed us. 
They gave the Chiefs this and that and this. But we still had three drives. Yeah. We, we still had an entire fourth quarter. We tied the game. And you still somehow end up putting yourself in a situation where they have a gimme filled goal. Like that was the, the same undisciplined play that gave the roughing the passer at the end of the AFC championship game reared its ugly head when you have the, the possibility of a holding call being called at that point. And the Chiefs don't have to do anything, kick a 26 yard field goal to win their third Lombardi trophy in franchise history. Like, yep. No, pretty, pretty special there with the, and like the Eagles there. The part with that, then that also, you know, caught my attention was also, I thought a big play of the game uh, that, I, that I wanted to mention too, was that return that they had to, I mean, obviously that you have the biggest punt return in the history of the Super Bowl. That's going to say something as well. So I think it's pretty hard not to think of that play as well. It's just something yeah. that, you know, in the Eagles, they've been so disciplined all year in, in a sense, but I think Jimmy, that, that's kind of to the AFC's, I don't know. I was thinking about that. You know, the NFC, like you guys brought it up on your podcast. I ended up finishing the rest of it. And you guys, when you talked about your preview show, you guys brought up the point that like the Eagles really weren't tested in the NFC. You know what I mean? You guys were talking about that. And like in a game like this, where it was a close game, the Chiefs have played way more of those. And maybe that played to be a factor. I, I kind of found that interesting when I was listening to your guys' pod yesterday. <laughs> it kind of played out that way in some ways. Yeah, I wish I was wrong in that situation, but yeah. that was, I mean, looking at their schedule, the Chiefs bounced back. They never lost more than a game yeah. at a time. They yeah. lost three games all season. They were at three different points of the season. And outside of the Colts, I would say that they were all the pretty to, to two other pretty damn good teams. Like yeah. the AFC had such a better test. Um, I would say that the 49ers were the team out of the NFC that have, had, would have overcome as much adversity um, making it to the Super Bowl compared to any of the AFC teams, because whether it was the Bills, Chiefs, or Bengals, they all three were going to have to play each other to make it to the this game. And I think that was where you started to see. In the second half, I mean, the Chiefs had played three really or two other really close playoff games and yeah. had to battle back from a lot of adversity. The Eagles were the team putting the other guys in adversity. Yeah, they had ne yeah, nothing go, go wrong. No, yeah, they just was, never had anything go wrong. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, no, I was just saying their defensive line didn't get that pressure we were kind of talking about before the game as well. That was something I thought that was kind of a little bit of a factor, a factor there as well. Um, one last play I kind of wanted to point out and kind of get your guys' thoughts on that I thought was going to be a bigger deal going into this podcast at the end was when Mahomes got hurt at uh, the end of the first half. I thought that might be a, I don't know, like you know, you just never know if he's not going to go to limp, you know, how bad it's going to be. I don't know. I thought he was able to sustain that a little bit. Anybody, your guys' thoughts on that, Brian? Anything? Any? Were you thinking he might be done or something like that? Or might? Yeah, I mean, it, it looked, yeah, I mean, it looked like a pretty bad ankle sprain, and maybe they're going to have to take him to the locker room to reevaluate. But I feel like Mahomes just toughed it out, and he knew he had to play for the for the Chiefs to win this game. So, yeah, Chad Hetty's that way. <laughs> Yeah, or uh, yeah, or he's not winning this game there. Uh, so I don't know. I Jimmy, I just mean like I just thought it made. I just it, for me, I wrote it down as a no, you know, possible big moment there when he twists that. It didn't seem to be a factor there, and maybe that plays in Mahomes. I don't know, Moxie or whatever you want to say at this point in his career. I mean, I mean, when he went on that big run, it yeah. really didn't affect him then. So yeah, Jimmy. Well, that that's. I mean, my point is, I think that the Eagles saw that as they can relax and take their foot off the gas because in the first half they were getting after Patrick Mahomes. Hassan Riddick was keeping him in the pocket. He wasn't similar to how the Bengals were in the first half of their game. Like they, they, he didn't have to run 
because they were just hemming him into the pocket. He was having to beat them from uh, with his arm. When that play happens at the end of the first half, and then the Chiefs get the ball coming out to start the second half, which maybe goes to this analytics thing. The cheat, the the Eagles are like they're the analytics darlings, but then they're also the anti-analytics team because you're supposed to defer on the kit, on the coin toss when you win it. They would have rather preferred to have the ball first to start the game, and that's going to put them in a bad situation potentially, depending on the other team's adjustments. And then the the Chiefs just. I think that play really affected the mindset of the Eagles. And from then on out, the Chiefs went into this workman-like mentality, uh, just grinded it out, did what they needed to do to keep things close. I wouldn't say that the Chiefs' defense, especially their defensive line, for as good as they looked in the championship game, it did not look great today. This Eagles team was able to still do everything that they wanted to. Um, it came down to, I think, a lot of – as good of a game as Eric Bieniemy called for the Chiefs' offense – I think the Eagles offensive coordinator called pretty much as is equally as poor of a second half and they did not give themselves necessarily the chance. You gave yourselves the chance to tie it. Yeah. And, and have a world-class defense be able to hold what is considered to be now the best player, the best quarterback, best quarterback and best player that we have left in the NFL. I mean, he was the MVP and yeah. Super Bowl MVP for a reason. He's a two time uh, MVP now. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Yep. I the, the Chiefs, uh, it, I don't know if this is a, a dynasty because of the way that they had to win this championship, but goddamn, like, they're close. <sighs> yeah, well, I, I'm going to get your guys' final think on that at the very end here. But real play, player of the game, I know I know Mahomes is the obvious one. You can go with him if you want. Maybe that we just talked about him. If there's somebody else that maybe stood out to you guys, it could be on the losing end as well. Somebody, You know, I do want to point out, for me, Hurts is a player of the game for me, potential. I know he had that fumble, and that was the killer there. But I just mean player of the game in terms of like, I, there was something there that I didn't see from him when he was coming out. Like, I that was an awful play. I talked about that as an all timer, but he did make up for it in other areas. Now running with the three touchdowns, I did want to point that out with him. Super I also Bowl record. Want to AJ Brown is a beast as well. I mean, my, just a monster as a receiver. That guy is just an absolute beast. So I I just wanted to point out those guys as well. Uh, you, uh, Jimmy, let's go you first. You got a player of the game. Uh, Obviously, Mahomes was on there. Anybody else? Um, I think that you have to – you do have to give a lot of credit because that Chiefs offensive line did play so much better in the second half. Yeah. Um, The Chiefs in general didn't have as many penalties or as many mental mistakes in the second half as we saw in the first as well. Um, And I did want to just – even though the Eagles lost this game, they still scored 35 points. Uh, that offensive line was doing everything that they needed to. And that was a makeshift offensive line with a right tackle playing through uh, an injury that requires surgery, whether he gets that surgery before he has to come back or after he's Lane Johnson's going under the knife tomorrow. So yeah, uh, he had that entire unit played just out of their minds. So I don't think that there's a lot that you can say about this Eagles matchup other than your coaches were just really inexperienced and they put you in some bad situations against a coaching staff that has been there before. They've won a Super Bowl. They've lost a Super Bowl. They've gone through every situation, and you just – there are some points where you can, you just have to tip your cap and be like, I didn't even think of any of this. Like, I did not know that this was a possibility. You guys have seen it before, so I just have to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, shout out to guys here at Out of Your Mind Falcon uh, Podcast. Thanks for tuning in here. Uh, yeah, the refs, we uh, we touched on them a little earlier as well. Yes, ass is a very kind word. Yes, that is. Are they getting Super Bowl rings? Uh, do we think? 
Are they getting Super Bowl rings? Every year they get the winner's rings. That's part of the deal, Brian. They get the winner's rings every time they win. Whoever wins, like, all right, you did the best for this call. You got 38% right wrong for that team, so you get a foul, whatever you get that team's ring. You have a player in the game that stood out or a player that maybe just surprised you, Brian? Uh, Definitely Pacheco because he changed the – he changed the in the second half when he started running the ball. Then that gave the Chiefs confidence, and that's the reason they won the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I gotta say, he was the guy that stood out to me too. Like when you, I mean, you, if you weren't gonna say him, that's why the way he ran his style too, just like the physicality. Like I said, him able to take that hit and pop back up. I'm good with that. That was that was pretty impressive. If I was an offensive lineman, I'd be like, all right, I'll, I'll block for this dude. This guy's good. This guy will run hard. Uh, I mean, for, for Tyreek Hill, that's got hurt a little bit. That they're doing it with a number ten jersey, and he he got traded, and they win the Super Bowl. Yep, yep. Uh, our guy here said we got to get a watch. Yeah, I agree. A watch would be nice. Something there. They got to get something for the family. Maybe a picture even with them. They could get that with them. Yeah, there you go. Watch right there. QVC, my QVC <laughs> audition tape. QVC got the little the Superman emblem in the middle too. I like I that. The, yeah. There you go. Superman. I think that's what they'll probably be getting. This was the JC Penny collection. It wasn't anything fancy. There's just like a little note on the back. Thanks. There's like a little like a little note there. Thanks for thanks for that fourth and thanks for Winky that too. No <laughs> words. Winky face and then that. That was, and that was the guy Tyler thought that our last pod was gonna have a hard time, but he was the guy that called got called for the penalty there. Um all right. Quick thought here, maybe on the coaches here before we kind of get to the second part of the podcast here. I uh, just like quick little thought. I mean, I thought I thought it was a well – the only thing for me that was like – it was hard for me to tell. Like I, either the the TV must be off, but the delay of games looked like they happen way more often. And then again, like, the you know, some of the like – I thought the play calls on the offense were fine. I didn't see anything from a coaching angle that was really – that really threw me off. Anything from you, Jimmy, that stood out? I mean, you obviously coach a little football too. Maybe there's something that stood out to you differently. No, I just uh, – it sucked that they overturned that Devontae Smith call because – I think watching that, it's very easy to see. There was a slight – the only movement that came from the the ball the entire time was him positioning it differently. And, yeah, you can say that's on him, but he was just trying to take it from his shoulder down to his chest, and that's all he did. And the ball didn't move from there, was not aided by the ground or anything like that. I think that call was a tough one, and, and not being able to see it overturned or, or at least even looked at like – I think that that was the the wrong way that they should have gone with that. I know that they took a second look at and and they decided no, but this definitely puts. I I was trying to make the argument that Andy Reid was on the same level as Bill Belichick. Um, I think that he is. He he was he's he was a guy in Philadelphia that was hired after not having any prior head coaching experience. He was an offensive line coach, an offensive quality control assistant. He had no say over much of anything other than what the offensive line was doing. And it, funny enough, when I had my podcast before Nico and I started doing it, and my dad, who was up there talking so much shit on the on the Chiefs just because he hates Patrick Mahomes, when I had him on the last time, he was like, no, I just love seeing an offensive lineman have success. And now this is successful. You've won two Super Bowls. You have basically like reached the mountaintop. He's now, I looked it up earlier today, one of 26 NFL head coaches to have won two Super Bowls. That's <laughs> great. He's, and I, and I don't think, I don't see him retiring any, anytime soon, Brian. My dad called him the walrus today. I think he would have liked, got a little kick out of that when he called him the walrus. Uh, what, what do you put Andy Reid in perspective? He's just that damn good, huh? Yeah. I mean, he's, 
He's like one of the best head coaches. I mean, he coached Brett Favre, and then he went from there to the Eagles, and now he's doing the Chiefs, and he just happens to have good quarterbacks wherever he goes. And I guess on a side note, I feel like Nick Sirianni is going to be that new age coach that annoys the shit out of me. What did you make of them going forward on fourth down so much? I thought that was one of my – I wrote that down. I was like, man, they're like – they're like They are so good at that quarterback sneak. I would do the same yeah. thing. Did, did you see my tweet, Jimmy? I called it their unreal at the batted quarterback sneak. You just got to get there a little – you can perfect it, right? The little one-yard little, like, punch there with the good – Chris run. Jones even did – instead of, like, submarining, he went over the top yeah. and caught Jalen Hurts head on. But A.J. Brown was like, I cleaned 330 pounds. So, first down. I guess the difference is they get it though. I mean, they get that fourth down. I'm you know, like on a, just a ridiculous rate, even like fourth and four. You can't call them out on it. You can't say that that was the reason. Like there, there were a couple times they were looking at giving the ball back to the Chiefs at midfield, but they never did, right? yeah. except yeah. for the one fumble. Except for the one fumble that it, they ended up tying the game. I think honestly, if that play does not happen, I don't know what you guys' opinions are. I don't think that the I think that the deficit is higher than ten going into halftime. I think that the Eagles at that point hadn't been shown to be slowed down. They didn't have yeah. their first three and out until the second half. They're probably at least getting a field goal. I think that that pushes the margin, and, and we're talking about a different outcome at the end of the game here. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with him. What do you think, Brian? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if they kept going at the pace they were going, it probably would have been almost a two-touchdown lead at halftime for sure. That's why that fumble, just by him, was such a big play. Just seven free points, right? You're going 21-7. You're just probably, you know, it's just such a massive play. Um, After so, Butker yep. missed a field goal, too. Yep. After Butker missed a gimme field goal. We do need to point that out, too. You can't be missing 42-yard field goals. Yeah, not in today's NFL, at least. No. That used to be impressive. That's not impressive anymore. That's, like I said, I thought that was a gimme. I thought that was like a 32-yarder that he missed. I didn't realize it was 40-plus. That's still a gimme at this point with the kicker. You know, you got to be making that in a Super Bowl. That You can't be missing those for your team. So, congrats on Andy Reid getting that second Super Bowl, like we said. Obviously, like we said, one of the best coaches in the league. No shock there. We'll see what Sir- where Sirianni goes from there. And, you know, he said, like, he's kind of annoying. You know, but they, yeah, his team just freaking scored this year. So, Matt Prosser then on it. All right, question of the week here. Uh, where do you rank this game all all time? I was talking to this guy online about it, trying to kind of figure out where it sits in history here. I was thinking it was going to be right up there with like that Steelers Cardinals game, but then that play at the end of the game, it just ruins it for me. It just it it totally sends it down on a farther list. I thought it had a little bit more potential. I'm talking more since 2000 to get to recent you know recent good history of games. That one put a big if at it at the end. Do you guys have any feeling towards this game and like? Yeah, it was a pretty quality game, I thought, for the most part, Jimmy. Yeah, it's not – I mean, it's not going to be outside of the top 20 Yeah, if we're just talking since 2000. But, like, yeah, it doesn't come close to that Titans-Rams matchup that yeah. ended on the one-yard line. It doesn't come close to uh, the interception between Seattle and, and New England. Like, plays – Unfortunately, when that penalty was called, we kind of knew how this game was going to end up. Yeah, Rob. There was no, yeah, there was no high, high emotion, high intensity ability for anybody to really affect the play. There was no quote Malcolm Butler effect that you could have on the game today. So I think that it, it's definitely within the top twenty, but I don't think that it craps. Excuse me, cracks, cracks. It was crap. (laughs) Little. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no if you you remember from my from the pregame show my little yeah that's that was the yeah. crack 
crap that would <laughs> yes, fall on. Yeah. It doesn't crack the top 15. It doesn't crack the top 10 or the top 15, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I don't think so, Brian, either. I think that, that play just ruined it. Yeah, I agree. It, it uh, It's not going to be considered like one of the most memorable Super Bowls ever, for sure. No. It's probably going to be like, you know, most people will f- might forget it even got played. Maybe it's like the 1995 Super Bowl in, Ar- in Arizona at the same time, Cowboys-Steelers. If if Neil O'Donnell hadn't thrown all those picks, I think it would have been a closer game because if they kept running it with Bam Morris, I don't know why Bill Cower. Oh, that's a name. That's a name I love. <laughs> you talk about running with a guy. How can you not be Bam Morris if you're running back? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That, that is a. That was written you're, on you're your. Be, you know what? You're going to be a skinny wide receiver. <laughs> nope, no, that's not what's going to happen. Your name's Bam. Sorry, you're going to be a, a, a big running back there or a fullback. Uh, that's funny. Tank? Yeah, you don't have any tanks that are like you're like you know, your skinny receivers or anything. Um, all right, quit. That was our question of the week. There, let's keep it moving, guys. Into our two minute drill here, right into the kind of that third quarter here of the pod. Uh, like we said, we kind of talked about the rest a little bit more on it. I kind of my final thought with them, Jimmy, is this. Let's put a bow on it because we're not going to be doing the pod here for a while. We talked about it this specific game. What does the NFL do, if anything? Like, is, is hiring them full-time do anything? Or are these calls just still inevitable? Then people are going to be like, you're paying these guys the whole year and they still can't pull this crap? Do you add extra officials? I'm just – like we said, this is a disappointing end to a great game. So, like – and we've had this in the NFC Championship. We've talked about this before. Your, you know, your thought, what can they do more than like this moment of the game? Yep. I honestly think that they have it so split between subjective and objective rules. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I had a team. Right? On yeah, the sideline. Yeah. And, and too, like going back to my argument about the AFC championship, the subjectiveness of the call on that Joseph, Joseph Osai play, their feet got tangled up. If you watch that play again, he didn't even really touch Patrick Mahomes' shoulder pads. Their feet got tangled up. Patrick Mahomes took a dive, and and that was what caused the the penalty to be called. But objectively, that is how you're supposed to be calling that penalty. So I think there is a lot of interpretation in the rule book that there there would need to be taken out. And I think back, like we're obviously Avalanche fans. We watched the Avalanche go all the way through um, the playoff run last year, winning the Stanley Cup, and there was a lot of different times that I can think of like they were saying, oh, the officiating did this or or they didn't call this. The thing that I love about playoff hockey is normally one team gets a penalty in the first period and they go on a power play. Another team gets a penalty in the second period. They go on a power play. And the third period, especially towards like the elimination games and the cup clinching games, the referees in the third period, basically they go, okay, oh, and they swallow their whistle yeah. and just let – the, the people that are actually within the game take care of things. Maybe the NFL needs to adopt that. You can have a call and a makeup call or a call and a makeup call. But once it gets to the fourth quarter, why not let the world-class athletes that we're seeing decide these games? Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah, sure. I Technically, agree. that was a hold. But you did not do dick to get off the line. You didn't do anything to beat that guy that was covering you. You were literally just hoping that the referee saw you and threw his flag. Let's make it so that they everybody's aware. The referees are basically taken out of it in the fourth quarter. Figure it out. Because I think, you know, that's that's kind of the, the mindset they adopted in the AFC Championship game where you're not calling the holding penalties or anything like that. No hands to the face. But 
you got to fully commit. And I think Roger Goodell right now, especially saying that the officiating has never been better, they're not committing to shit. What a joke. No, they're, they're not committing to anything. They're like, okay, we're going to have these objective rules and these subjective rules. If you hit Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, um, those kinds of guys after, you know, two and a half seconds, and I don't like the way that you, you got up afterwards, it's a penalty. Yep. And then this, 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 and this, they, these are the objective penalties that you know. I think that they just need to figure out what they want to do with the rule book. The rule book is so convoluted as it is as a social studies slash, like I'm, I'm qualified to teach English as well. I can't figure out what they're trying to say in this damn rule book. I mean, that's the thing. It's sad. Like we just can't get it right. And Brian, like, like we said, this is the big takeaway from the game in this regard. What do you, do they have to put 50 officials out there? Are they just going to be pathetic? And me and you were just going to rip on our whole life. Like we've been doing our whole, well, nothing's going to change. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it just comes to the fact that, Maybe you can actually let cornerbacks actually try to guard a receiver without, like, you know, there's like a little bit of a pull on the jersey and then the flag goes out. I mean, they just need to let let stuff go sometimes. You got to let receivers, but I mean, the cornerbacks play a little bit. I, that's yeah, kind of exactly. the one for me. I, I agree. Like, that to me is the biggest part with it. All right. Can the Eagles keep the dominance rolling next year? Let's put a little bow on their season here, Jimmy. One day. They made it to the Super Bowl. That always sometimes doesn't always result in a you know bounce back season. Your team obviously did fine this year, bouncing back and have a quality year. The Eagles seem set up to be fine again. It's hard to imagine them being any better talent wise because now they're going to eventually have to pay Hurts. That's it's hard for me to imagine them from a whole being as dominant. What are your thoughts on them? Can they keep this rolling into next year? Do you have any doubt that they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC? This is going to depend solely yep. on how Nick Sirianni comes back from the offseason because I think that's why they got to this situation in the first place. Nick Sirianni took all of the criticism and everything that went well during yep. his first year as the head coach at, as the Eagle uh, of the Eagles and he made all of the necessary adjustments and I think that you can't fault him like him and his coaching staff had an A plus performance with what they knew they needed to get better at. If they are going to take this and say we, we really like if, if they look at it the way that I look at it and yeah, the officials sucked. This could have gone this way. This should have been called that way. <clears throat> but we, we were really just kind of playing not to lose. Once we had the lead at halftime, we really didn't know how to finish this game. And they take that as a learning experience. Yeah. They can roll in next year. Like who's going to come out of the NFC. Who's going to get that much better in the NFC. That's going to challenge them to win the, the conference championship game. Yeah, I, I find it, you know, the, the 49ers obviously come to mind. But outside of those two teams, I don't think that anybody that was in these playoffs, you can really look at and say, yeah, no, I'm, I think that they're going to repeat and, and have that good of a year again. Yeah. There's a, a lot of one hit wonders, I think. I think the Eagles, the 49ers are two teams that have the possibility of not being one hit wonders, but it's going to come down to like, does Nick Sirianni look in the mirror tomorrow and go, I fucked this situation up. Like <laughs> we could have done this differently. We could have ran Jalen Hurts a little bit more. Yeah, he's gonna. He, that's why you have film study. I mean, yeah. that's what people don't understand. When you've been a football player, when you've been around football teams for long enough, film study is the best. I don't yeah. mind being filmed in anything that I do. Obviously, I have two podcast, two podcasts, three podcasts. Once this is over and we start doing the hockey show here on the Variety Sports Network, I just had another teacher come in and film one of my classes so that I can watch it back and be like, yeah, no, I'm just going to, you know, 
watch that back, figure out what I did well and, and figure out what I, what I didn't do well. If he does all of those things and comes back next season, I could see them coming directly back to the same situation they were in where it's 49ers Eagles, who knows who's going to have the upper hand because the 49ers are actually going to have a quarterback. Hopefully at that point, I'm knocking on wood for you, Brian. I'm not trying to, to jinx you guys or anything like that, and, but it's and, hard for me. And no, no Jimmy Garoppolo. Which is no, no, he's got to be gone. If, if what is true about his condition is actually hundred percent factual, he can't be back. But like the, the two teams in the NFC, you know, that too. Yeah. They got a lot of free agents. That's going to affect their defense too. It was in Dominican Sioux. Yeah, how yeah. much did Dominican Sioux really play today? I know That's that he played true. a lot on the on the run leading up to it, but like it was Regular a lot of one year. Did. Yeah, no, it, it was a lot of one year and a couple of games here and there in the regular season. I, uh, Howie Roseman hasn't given you enough to trust him. Yeah, he's put together two Super Bowl contenders and within ten years of each other. That's pretty yeah. damn impressive. Brian, I know hey. you think. The- Go ahead. And they're saying that they, I guess they still have two first round draft picks this year, the Eagles, which is amazing. Yeah, they got, they're they're set up, they're set up well. I mean, that's the thing. You're like, you said, they have, they have, uh, you know, like they they have the quarterback right now who's young. He's got the the cheap under contract here. Um, There you go. He's clarifying. But but what, what I wanted to talk about with the NFC is it's, it's definitely going to be the Niners and the Eagles because I don't think Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, I, I, Tom Brady's retiring. So I just think – I just don't see anybody yeah. else really challenging either of those two Taylor teams. Heineke, baby. Taylor Heineke. Taylor <laughs> Heineke. want to go to the Saints. Uh, he's not he's even going to be on the Commanders, though. It's going to have to be like the, the – yeah, the Falcons are the Saints. And so, and so supposedly – um, Derek Carr was going to go the Saints, but then he nixed that trade today. And he says he just wants to be released now. Oh, I mean, I did the Fal- <laughs> oh, we got our guy John here. He wants to put a little team in here for you for Brian. Falcons coming in, the NFC South, where they can win it, right? Where they got there. And so we got to respect the, you got to respect your Falcons. They, they still need the Shanahan, the offensive coordinator again. <laughs> he's not the offensive coordinator. <laughs> no. he's not. And is Brian going to be the quarterback? He is yeah. not. All right, let's go to the Chiefs here before we get to winners and losers here. Uh, Jimmy, um, you know, let's put a little perspective in here. All right, final kind of like little segment here before we get to it. Like I said, winner, Chiefs, congratulations, whatever. You get your win there. They're, they're the champs of our first year doing talk of the gridiron here. You know, Mahomes and Kelsey coming into the season were always a big deal, right? Like, like oh, you got to stop them. But, again, the opening drive, Kelsey gets open. It's just unbelievable to me just this chemistry these guys have in big time games and just how they just have such a feel where they're supposed to be in a trust. And then the chiefs, you know, like we said, made five straight AFC champions. Yeah. They didn't win it. Maybe them consecutively, but they're always there. They've made now three super bowls, one, two. Yeah. It makes me sick as a Raiders fan to say that, but I mean, where do we kind of put them now in perspective, I guess now with two, now with two world championships. It's probably just because I've been coaching wrestling for so long, but like this is, another lesson that we try and teach just being able to roll through adversity and roll through situations. And it's because these guys played multiple sports and multiple positions growing up. Travis Kelsey wasn't some tight end specialist that was learning how to block and learning how to get open. Like he, he came into college was had that situation there at Cincinnati and then had to learn how to become a tight end, but having that knowledge from the other position 
really helps you, especially when you're communicating to this quarterback who came out of the system. Remember when Patrick Mahomes was drafted from Texas Tech, the air raid system was not successful in the NFL. It could not be used. That was the biggest kiss of death. People thought that Andy Reid at that point was the biggest moron for wasting the number 10 overall pick on a guy named Patrick Mahomes out of Texas Tech. And I think, you know, you you can't say anything other than what they did, what they built, the the chances that they took, being able to to snag a guy like Kelsey, um, and being able to have a guy at the helm like Andy Reid who could then look at uh, another guy that he's drafted into this NFL league and Jason Kelsey and go, is this guy going to be a headache for me? Is he going to work as hard as I need him to work to become the greatest tight end in NFL history? Or is he going to screw me? like he screwed over your college coaches and, and for him to honestly answer, you know, what Jason Kelsey said is, is basically launched. What is the greatest tight end career in the history of the NFL? Yeah, no doubt. And Brian, what do you think about we, yeah, We've ripped on him a lot, but let's, you know, let's give him their kudos here. What do you got? Chiefs, Mahomes, Kelsey, the, the whole, the whole organization, they just, I don't know. They're, they're, are they going to be there yeah, again I mean, next year? Are they, are they the favorites now again to repeat? Yeah, I mean, you would have to think that because going into this year, he, he loses Tyreek Hill and people have question marks about him. And it just doesn't matter. He just continues to do what he's going to do, almost throwing for 5,000 yards in a season. So, Man, I got to think these teams. I got to think the Bills, the Bengals, uh, even the Jets, they got to be so hungry. I, I expect, yeah, I, I expect them pumping iron right now. I expect them in the gym out there on the field running routes. You gotta, I mean, if there was a team like just thinking sports wise, competitive as even like pick up ball, this would be a team that has you in the gym doing extra reps at all freaking time. That's what I would think for if I was these guys. And, and maybe, and maybe if you're the Bills, don't go conservative. And the I, I didn't get that offense they ran the divisional round. I'm still confused yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah, so you're talking to a guy who beat them in the divisional round, and I still don't get it. Like, <laughs> no, and, and this too, like, play your starters in the goddamn preseason because yeah. both of these teams played their guys so that they can get their body clocks ready and everything going and scrimmage. Take advantage of your ones on ones reps. You don't get that many times where you're going live, but I will tell you going live and figuring out how to be creative in certain fucked up situations. That's what won the last few Super Bowl champions, their, their Lombardi trophy. And I think that's, what's been the detriment of the teams that haven't won it. I don't think the Eagles had enough practice in, you know, being down and, and having to force that stress stress level to go up and, and you have a really easy playoff run. You just have to go as hard as you can against the best guys that are on your team and yep. figure out how to just play through it, how to how to play football through it. Be an athlete. Figure it out. We pay you millions and millions of dollars, not because you're this talented, but you, but because you can overcome these other certain factors that we can't control. And I think that the Eagles are going to start to have to learn to figure that out. I think the 49ers are a team that are going to have to try and learn to figure that out. And, you know, the teams over in the AFC, the Bills and the Bengals too. If if you want to beat this Chiefs team that has learned how to mold and and overcome whatever adversity you throw their way, you're going to have to put yourself in those deep waters. Like take yourself to the brink of thinking that it's it's too much and then you're going to come out the other side and be able to actually compete and win these championships. 
Another and thing with uh, the- and does uh, Rogers pull a Favre and go to the Jets? <laughs> yeah, really, does he pull one there? He goes there. You never, never know if that happened. Last thing I want to say with the Chiefs, though, real quick, the Kelsey thing here. You know, kind of like Brady, I think with Gronk, how he kind of started to age a little bit there towards the end. Like we kind of started to see Kelsey banged up a little bit this season. I'm just kind of curious to watch him moving forward into the future. He's obviously a great receiving tight end. Injuries do play a factor at that position. I know hitting is not as big a factor, but he does have a back issue. Sometimes that lingers a little bit. So that's going to be something I'm going to be an early little note going next year. Probably will be nothing at all. Just something I'm keeping in the back of my mind with it. And Mahomes, just, my gosh, can you let somebody else get something? My gosh, just leave them a little break there. That's all we're asking. They're just one. And the refs, help us out a little bit. They don't need any extra help. They don't need any. They don't need you just because they. you can get a watch like we talked about earlier with a Super Bay logo in the middle of it with the look. We don't need you helping them out. It's not necessary. So, please, stay away. For the eight viewers that are in with, here with us right now, you probably agree. Great game. Referees do better. Let's go. Step up. You need to be better at what you do. It's ruining the game at moments. We're all going to watch it, but it's pathetic. That's my rant. Sorry about that, anybody in America. But I, we're only on talking to Gridiron. Probably about eight more minutes here. So we got a little bit left here. Last part of the show here, gentlemen. Brian, let's go with you first in this part of it. Winners and losers of the week. Let's start first with your uh, wait, go ahead. If you wanted to say both got, but let's go with your winner first. Who do you have for your winner? Not of the week. Winner of the Super Bowls. I got to be more specific here. Winner and losers of Super Bowl 57. What do you got there for winners? I would go winners. I would go Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And then I would say losers would be uh, Sue, just because he he went there to win a championship and that didn't happen. He probably won't be back there next year. And I don't know. I, definitely the loser would have to be the refs. I left there, I think. Uh, Jimmy, your winner and losers here, our last one, sir, of the year doing it. Your winner and losers of fifth, Super Bowl 57. If you say Chiefs and Eagles, I'll be abreast next year. <laughs> winners would be Juju Smith-Schuster right. because that guy has no business being on a Super Bowl championship winning franchise. There in my go. mind, and yeah. and that might be the Bengals fan going after the steel, the, the former Steeler. Yeah. Um, losers, the NFL fans, because there could have been so much more drama. Like that's what we watch sports for. It's the greatest soap opera, the greatest drama that anybody could ever put on television. That's why they have the the empire that they do, and we were robbed of it because of certain situations. Um, I'm very interested moving forward into the offseason. I know the three of us are going to have different podcasts coming out during the offseason. Like, yep. how is the NFL? We know that Roger Goodell is saying these things because he has to, like, keep his stockholders and, like, shareholders healthy and, and paying the money that they need to. But there's got to be – there's going to be some meeting. There was a meeting with Tony Romo last season. Like, yeah, dude, you yep. fucking suck. People hate listening to you. Let's clean it up. Otherwise, you're going to be gone. They're going to have to get all of the rest together, like – if we pay you full time, will you promise not to fuck up? Will you <laughs> promise to do good? If you promise to do good, maybe I can offer you a full time contract. There's going to have to be that addressed. Um, but no, obviously, like the the combine, the draft. Yeah, the NFL is a, a 365 day a year beast that needs to be fed, and we're going to also get both spring leagues, so the USFL and the XFL coming up. Uh, if those turn out to be entertaining, why not? 
but let's yeah. bring talking the gridiron for for the XFL and the USFL at some point. But that's what yeah. I'm focused on, and you know, another little avalanche repeat run. That that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, in my world at least. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be bad at all. Here, I got my last like part here: winners and losers. I got a few here. Like I always got QB sneaks. I had Hurts, Mahomes showed up. The national anthem I thought was well done. And then Pacheco, those are my winner. Those are my four winners for the game. Funny you mentioned the national anthem under by 0.3 seconds. Yes, I saw that. I, 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 we literally recorded it just because of you. He did it, Jimmy. Barely. You even called it the country singer. But man, he took it all the way to the limit. I wonder if he knew. I wonder. It looked like he knew. It looked like he knew. But then I was also like, how I convinced because I did at my party. I was like, over under on the national anthem. Well, what do you mean? Here's yeah. what I mean. And then I had to go through the whole spiel. But my brother's like, oh, it's Chris Stapleton? It'll definitely be under. And I go, listen, how many Chris Stapleton songs do you know that are less than three and a half minutes? And he goes, <laughs> you're right. But then he forgot, oh, yeah, there's only so many lyrics written into the national anthem. It's not like he can drag it out into an eight-minute long. It's just fun to mess. Like the psychology, the sociology side yeah. of my brain. I just love being in situations where everybody's drinking, everybody's on high alert, and yeah. everybody's on edge because that's just fun for me. Yeah, and he got to a minute forty-eight, and the song ended, and I was like, "Man, he really, he really took that long. He took it all the way there." So those are my winners: Pacheco, like I say, QB snakes, hurt Mahomes. They show up to MVPs. Losers, I got Chiefs offsides. I mean, that's the one negative I guess on your team. You guys need to learn how to line up properly. Still, that's uh, that, that'll be important there. We talked about the refs enough. Uh, the Chiefs kicker, you can't miss any field goals in a Super Bowl there. Um, and the field turf, I thought they mentioned that quite a bit. The painty, you got to get some better paint apparently on the field. So loser, the paint job on the field. They mentioned the slippage there uh, more than enough there. So that's what I got. And I got my other little bonus winner here, Jimmy, for us. And I want to shout it out. Like I said, it is our last podcast of the year here on Talking the Gridiron. Probably do something maybe around the draft. But like I said, I want to give a shout out to a lot of the guys that joined us this year. It's our first year doing it. Uh, me and Jimmy really had it worked on the uh, pod together. It's our first kind of thing. And Jimmy, I thought as the year went on, Brian, you were able to join in with us. Rev a few times. Tyler, I got on there. DA, Logan, Josh, Nico, John. For uh, I don't want to leave anybody else. Hopefully I didn't mention everybody there. Um, but I just want to thank you guys all for making this a really good experience, for especially for me on the show, uh, our first year doing it here on Variety Sports Network. Uh, we had as many as 15 people in there the other night. That was really awesome. People commented in there. So Jimmy, um, uh, thank you. Thank you for doing this with me, man. You're part of the winner of the week, I guess, this week as well. So I'd say this was a good little cap to the end of the season. I just want to say a little shout-out to those guys as well, and I'll kind of give you a thought on them as well. So go ahead. I think it was great. We've Nico and I were talking the other night, and I, I think we mentioned it a little bit on our podcast. You, you'd probably be able to tell me too because you listen to it. Like I, I have to, but like – uh, we've been on in, on certain networks in certain situations before where everybody's so jealous and, and not willing to work with each other. And that really doesn't make any sense because if we say the Variety Sports Network is the best home for independent sports talk coverage, and it is, VSN, VSN Football, VSN Collegiate, all of those great things are, are awesome. But, like, we need to work together. And the, the ability to use this show in order to work together not only with the VSN people – uh, but the people outside of it as well. And yeah, it was cool for me. I mean, I'll, I'll be selfish, like having Nico and Rev on uh, at certain points during this season. That was really awesome because those are two guys that I've been through a lot with. Yeah. So it's for me to sit here, like I'm in my parents' basement. It's post Super Bowl. I've been doing a sports podcast for almost three years now. I've covered three Super Bowls 
on this show. And it's every year it just gets more and more fun. And I keep thinking like coming back, it's not going to be as much fun as it was last year. And it, it, it is. And that's a credit to the people watching right now. It's credit to the people who watch afterwards. Um, and it's credit to VSN, like, you know, guys like you guys, uh, Tyler made me feel a little bit uh, out of place on the other show. So I'll I'll try and return the favor, but like, yeah, no, we really appreciate all the variety sports people and Darren, Brian, Tyler, uh, Brandon, Josh, Logan, like those guys, it's been a very enjoyable experience coming from people who have been in a very bad situation. This is, you know, one of the better situations we can be. And yeah, Bengals versus Falcons. We could talk about that game all day. I love talking about that game, please. And, and yeah, I, I like listening to you guys too as well. Out of your Falcon mind, check those guys out over on the Variety Sports Network. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Brian Johnson, I obviously have known you what over thirty, almost thirty, you know, thirty years here. So thanks for me. I obviously know you know your football here. So thanks for jumping on. You joined Variety Sports with TMB. Thanks for you know jumping on. Almost you know here towards the end of the week. You know it's not always easy on a Saturday night. So big shout out to you, my friend. Uh, yeah, and joining us this year, yeah, it made the show better for sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. I've had a lot of fun this year. And because of this, now me and Tyler do a T&B podcast. And we we went on a run and uh, almost went undefeated, but lost the <laughs> NFC championship game. <laughs> almost is the keyword there, my friend. Almost <laughs> is the keyword. I do it. But, Ryan, I appreciate you that for sure. And like I said, Jimmy, Tyler said it well that last week. You guys do it really good, and this uh, you guys are one of the best at it. And we you guys, we you guys, we look up to you guys doing it for sure. So, talking the gridiron, that's season one in the books, gentlemen. Jimmy Pilato been with me the whole season. We will see you next year, boys, during the draft. Till then, peace. Peace. Hey everybody, this is Brandon, CEO of the Variety Sports Network. I just want to say a quick thank you for watching one of the shows here on the Variety Sports Network with tons of other shows.